Facebook and Instagram have begun blocking news for Canadians in response to the Trudeau government's passage of Bill C-18. The unvaccinated woman who was denied an organ transplant will be trying her luck in the United States. Pierre Polyev has spoken out about a town hall meeting in Timmins, Ontario, drawing dozens of citizens concerned about rising crime and drug use in their city. Hello Canada, it is Friday, June 23rd, and this is True North's Daily Brief. I'm Andrew Lawton. And I'm Cosmin Georgia. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know, so let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Meta, the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, has announced that it will begin blocking news links on the social media platforms for Canadian users in response to the passage of the Liberal government's online news bill C-18. On Thursday, not long after C-18 was officially passed into law, the company wrote a statement saying, Today we are confirming news availability will be ended on Facebook and Instagram for all users in Canada prior to the Online News Act, Bill C-18, taking effect. The statement continued, We have repeatedly shared that in order to comply with Bill C-18 passed today in Parliament, content from news outlets, including news publishers and broadcasters, will no longer be available to people accessing our platforms in Canada. Facebook has already run a bit of a test project on limiting news access for some accounts. They've done this in particular with some small local and Quebec-based outlets. The bill was passed after the Liberals moved to cut off debate on C-18, which critics blast for giving the government too much control over what kind of news Canadians see online. The bill forces social media companies to pay news publishers for links to their content being available on platforms like Facebook and Instagram. So, Cosman, obviously Facebook is making good on its, I don't know, I guess it's not a bluff at this point. Do you think the government is going to blink? Well, I think it'll be a situation where all these media companies that are now expecting to enter into agreements are going to be left hanging dry So I would suspect it's a matter of how much pressure is going to be put on the liberal government uh, to, and I don't even know if it's possible to alter any elements of Bill C-18 or create any um, leniency here for for the companies uh, to get some of those changes that they wanted. So I, I, I think we're going to have to look out, see how these media companies react to this. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And I would also bring up the idea here that if Meta were to offer companies the opportunity to opt out and say, okay, I agree to waive any and all claim for money from you under C-18 if you let my links get shared, I wonder how many would go forward with that. I mean, certainly I would. You know, I run a Substack, I write for True North. If I had my choice and Facebook said, you either don't get to share your content uh, or you do, I would choose the option to let me share it because I don't expect Facebook to have to pay up here. But I think the media companies in Canada have really painted themselves in a corner by thinking that Facebook owes them money for them promoting their content. Right. And now it's a situation where they're not, they're going to lose out on any of the revenue they had before this bill went into effect. So it's just a net loss in my eyes. I'm not sure why, you know, the Canadian news media organizations are praising this as some sort of victory when they're clearly coming out on the losing end of this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Shopify. 
Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The unvaccinated Canadian who's been denied a life-saving organ transplant now has the option to receive the transplant in the United States, but at a hefty price tag. Sheila Annette Lewis has been fighting Alberta Health Service's decision to remove her from the top of the organ transplant list over her decision to refuse the COVID-19 vaccine since last year. Earlier this year, the Supreme Court of Canada decided not to hear her case. Lewis now says that a hospital in Texas has agreed to perform the transplant surgery, but it will cost Lewis $600,000 U.S. dollars. Lewis is hoping to fundraise the cost off gifts and go. She was told that she must first pay $100,000 for testing before being placed on the donor list to ensure her body is healthy enough for the transplant. Lewis says the hospital requires the full amount before beginning testing. It's the same testing she underwent in Canada, but health officials stopped testing her two years ago when she declined the COVID vaccine. If she's approved, which Lewis is confident she will be, the surgery is estimated to cost an additional $500,000. As of Friday morning, the Give, Send, Go fundraiser sits at almost $48,000. It's short of the $100,000 goal, but more than $10,000 was raised in just one day. There is a court-ordered publication ban that covers the organ Lewis is seeking a transplant for, the names of the doctors involved, and the hospital's name and location. In a November ruling, the appeal court acknowledged it's a virtual certainty that Lewis would die without an organ transplant. In March, Lewis provided her Alberta transplant program doctors with a privately funded medical report known as the Kinexis Report, establishing her natural immunity to COVID-19. So, Andrew, this is quite a peculiar case given like some of the elements involved. On one hand, you have this whole ongoing debate about uh, unvaccinated Canadians and their right to access health care. And on the other side, we have a Canadian, you know, we're supposedly in a country that has universal health care that has to go to the United States to get a life-saving treatment. So why aren't more people talking out about this? especially from that healthcare angle. Well, you're very right. And, and you know, after the courts did not uh, side with Sheila Annette Lewis, the Alberta government still could have. The UCP there could have passed a law saying AHS cannot use vaccination status as a determining factor in eligibility for organ transplants. And the government has not wanted to wade in on this. So uh, the fact that she has to go to the U.S., I mean, it's good news in the sense that she has that option available to her, but it, it's shameful that it's gotten this far. I agree. And do you think uh, we're going to see any potential intervention on that government end? Or are, are we already past that point where we have this Supreme Court ruling and there's not much that can be done? I have no inside knowledge of what lobbying might be happening behind the scenes. I, I know that Sheila has talked about in interviews trying to sort of get this on Danielle Smith's radar. So maybe there's a conversation going on there I, I don't know about. But at this point, it's been going on long enough. I think if the government were going to intervene, that option has been there for long enough that they haven't done it, they probably aren't going to. 
Conservative leader Pierre Polyev addressed a town hall meeting in Timmins, Ontario, which last week drew dozens of citizens concerned about rising crime and drug use in their city. Uh, in response to 18-year-old Phoenix Blaine, who expressed fear of wandering her neighborhood, Polyev said, for her to be scared to go to a movie or go to school or be out in the community is unacceptable. The people of Timmins have a right to be safe in their own community. Polyev wasn't there and commented on it after the fact, but this town hall drew dozens of residents who expressed dismay about these problems that don't seem to be noticed or addressed by any of their political leaders. According to Polyev, Blaine's testimony moved him to further demand action on rural and northern crime. Polyev blamed the Trudeau government's lax bail laws for allowing violent repeat offenders to be released back into the community. He said the Conservatives would reverse the catch-and-release policies and impose longer sentences for those who commit multiple crimes. Polyev also said he would address the root cause of the crime wave, which he identified as drug use. He restated his claim that addicts need treatment and rehabilitation, not so-called safe consumption sites or decriminalization. Uh, Polyev said, we need to get to the root cause of this, which is drugs. We believe that addicts need treatment, rehab, and detox to get them off drugs. That is the only way to end the cycle of theft. Let me just ask you about this, Cosman, because right now we have people in Timmins, a smaller Ontario community, that are doing something because no one is paying attention. And I, I think this is a story we're seeing in towns and communities and villages across Canada here. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of these uh, rural and northern communities and their issues get overlooked um, where people are paying way more attention to places like Vancouver or Toronto. I know that here in British Columbia, Kamloops, uh, for example, is one of the highest crime incidency rates. Uh, like there's a lot of crime that's happening in the Okanagan that's not really spoken about. So I think this is an important issue to address. There are a lot of people uh, that aren't from major cities that feel overlooked and something needs to be done across the country, quite frankly, not in just these major metropolitan areas. Yeah, I would agree. And when you have citizens groups coming together, I, I think it actually can be somewhat encouraging. And in this case, it, it's good that Pierre Polyev is, is taking notice and not letting it just be an example of people shouting into the void, which I, I feel has been happening all too much. I, and maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into the future here, but I, I think this is an issue that really galvanizes people in elections. And it crosses against left and right, because you don't need to be a particularly political person even, let alone a conservative person, to understand the idea of feeling safe in your own community. Yeah, we. I mean, we're seeing the safety issue and, and law and order becoming way more prominent, and it's affecting not only like the federal conversation, we're seeing it play out in, in municipal races, like in the mayoral race in Toronto, we've seen it play out in, in recent provincial elections. So, you're definitely right that it's it's important that these town halls happen and they're that they're bringing awareness to this issue. That's it for today. Don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you are able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.